You can stuff your stories in a sack, mister! Um, getting back into the final major secondary character from The Betrayal. Yes, Franklin Delano Romanowski. He must be half Italian, half Polish. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's quite it's quite a uh, it's quite a name. Yes. And FDR FDR is Roosevelt, right? Roosevelt, that's right. Previous so president, yeah. They call yep. him FDR because his initials are FDR. FDR, that's right. So which is it's a it's a, quite an uncommon name. Mm. You know, when you think about the character, he hears his name in the show and it's just like FDR. Yeah. And you're like, oh, what is, what is that? But as an American, you don't Of course, okay, yeah. FDR, it would yeah, be much more relevant. But even then, like, referring to someone by the name of a previous president, like, it sort of makes him seem, like, you know, kind of important or like his friends sort of are giving him that nod of honour. Yeah. But then, obviously, like, his name's Franklin and he's got the initials, but he also seems like a bit of a... Weirdo. A weirdo. What should we name our son? George H.W. Bush. <laughs> oh, so cute. Uh, he's played by a film, TV, and voice actor, Michael McShane. Uh, he's appeared in the films Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves, not Men in Tights. That's Damn, the better one. That is much better. One of my favourite 90s movies. Best. Yes. One of my favourite 90s movies are Office Space. <gasps> and I love Office yeah, Space. That'd be great. And uh, Drop Dead Gorgeous, uh, some film from the 90s. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. He's yeah. The, uh, he plays so, one of the judges. Yeah, he's yeah. one of the judges, and he's like one of two brothers that run a hardware store in the town. Nice. Um, and he is kind of. Yeah, it's a, such a good film. Yeah, if you yeah, guys I've seen haven't for ages. seen yeah. Drop Dead Gorgeous, do yourselves a favour. Go have a little flashback in the, in the 90s. Nice. Kristen Dunst at her best. Yeah. Isn't um, Denise Richards in that movie too? Uh, Was she? I don't know. Um, Alison Channing? Oh, okay. Mm. Is that her name? The know. one from West Wing? Oh, okay. I'll have to check oh it. Oh, my God. It's, a, watch it's it. amazing. Cool. It might be on Amazon Prime or something. He also he looks like the bad guy that's in um, Vacancy. Oh, okay. But it's not him. It's not But him. he looks just like the like bad FDR, guy yeah. who plays a lot of, like, serial killers and murderers well, in a like, bunch of different well, shows. FDR looks like he has some bodies buried in his freezer. You yeah, know? <laughs> he looks kind of mean. He does. He's also voiced characters in animated TV shows such as Spawn and Nickelodeon's Are Real Monsters, and also in films including Bolto and A Bug's Life. Does it say who he was in Are Real Monsters? He only has one or two credits. Oh. I don't think he was one of the main characters. Okay. Yes. I used to love that show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was also in Bolto and A Bug's Life. Cool. Films. Yeah, He's been around. He has, yeah, good on him. And he's voiced many characters in various video games. Mm. Yes, so FDR, I loved his character. How good was he? He's an interesting one. A very interesting one. Is and he in yeah. other episodes? No, I think that's it. Really? I think FDR's only in one episode. And wow. we can see what happens, like why he's got that vendetta against Kramer and yep. why he wishes him to drop dead. Yep. As Kramer throws a massive, like a snowball at him. But he also appears, he lives in the apartments. It's very interesting because I, I was watching the episode again this afternoon. Yep. And do you notice how, like, Jerry says, go see FDR? Yeah, tell him not like to, they know... Like they know who he is. Yeah. Ten minutes later, and we're at his apartment, but... You know how Jerry's got, like, 5A, yep. Kramer's 5B? Yep. His was like... I looked at the number I paused e it. Or no, something. it's like 348 or something. Oh. It's like a different apartment number. 
They must oh. have used like another setting or something. But That's the number, weird. but it wasn't like a numeral and a letter. It was just like three letters, right? Because when apartment. you watch the episode, it's certainly implied that, that he's in the same a building. resident in the same building. Yeah, and Jerry knows who FDR is. Yeah, which makes sense. But no, it was just I don't know. Maybe they used like another set or something. I don't, don't know. know. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? It was very interesting. But well, let's just say they're all in the same building. Yeah, and yeah. like Kramer's obviously there at his birthday party. So despite his vendetta against Kramer, he still has him. He still allows him to attend his birthday party in his apartment because he's there when, obviously, FDR blows out the candles. And, and gives him the dead eye. Gives him the stink eye. The, no, not the stink eye, the evil eye. The evil eye. The evil eye. Not the crook eye. Not the crook eye, not the, the stink evil eye. eye. The evil eye, yes. Not, not, um, yes, yes. But, yeah, so it's kind of strange because, like, he lives in the building but we don't really see him in any, any other episodes. He also is, a, like, a local hot dog yeah, salesman? hot dog vendor, yeah. He has like his little hot dog cart I'll park. have a hot with everything on it. Yeah, and he's like, these things will kill you. <laughs> Not a little matter. No matter, because you'll be dropping... You, I wish you dropped drop dead. dead. Yeah, because you'll be dropping dead. And But he sort of gets like really pulled into this sort of immature game, let's call it, with, oh, with Kramer, Kramer yeah. about the whole like wishing that he would drop dead and then counter-wishing and saying like, you know, Kramer's like, well, I wished on a star I last night that I wouldn't drop dead. Well, and he was like, well, funnily I enough, wish on I the wished same on the star. same star. So like they get pulled into this very immature, you know, kind of to and fro. But then when Kramer um, makes some sort of retort to him about the fact that he says his birthday wish out loud. Yeah, that's And right. by saying it out loud, it's not able to come true anymore. And then FDR kind of blows him off and was like, that's just a silly superstition. That's just a silly superstition. And, he, and the whole thing's like silly superstition. Yeah. Which is great. And it, and it, it also adds to like the season nine aspects. Yeah, like season nine became more like nine. about fantasy and, yep. you know, like surrealism and yep. stuff. It became a bit more surreal in part. Yeah, so that kind of added to season, season nine. nine episode. Yeah, it wouldn't work in an early episode, but nope. season nine yeah it's just right it's made for season nine mm. this episode the other thing yeah. i love is that he is so dedicated to this vendetta of kramer having hit him in the back of a head in the head with the snowball um that he's actually carrying around this packed ice ball because like when he <laughs> uh snowball when he brings the esky up onto the table do you in want the diner. one of my kidneys yeah right and so kramer's <laughs> like what on earth is this esky doing here yeah, oh sorry yeah. cooler yeah uh for all our northern american friends um so Kramer, oh, sorry, he puts the the cooler up on the table, and Kramer's like, "Do you want my kidney or something?" And he's actually just got this, but he's carrying it around for the express purpose, just to throw it at of Kramer, reaping revenge. He's on had Kramer. that probably in two for two years, and he's, he's like, had that same you snowball. know, he's yeah. packing it, and he's got yeah. the rock in it. He's like ready <laughs> and then to Kramer's go. Kramer's like, "Oh, mama, <laughs> yeah, oh, mama, mama." Um, and he gets his revenge finally. I put a rock in the middle. Yeah, and I felt that. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then it's and all they're, and they're mates again. It's all fine. Yeah. Like Kramer's happy. Yeah. He doesn't have to worry about dropping dead anymore. That's right. Um, FDR's gotten what he wants out of it, and they go back to being mates. Mates, yeah. There you go. And then, well, Kramer seems to befriend the most interesting uh, eccentric characters, Always. doesn't he? Yeah. And also, I know he's not really like he's probably not even credited, but there's that amazing scene in one of the things where he's. Kramer's standing on the street and he like knocks on the porta potty and is talking to Lomez. Hey Lomez, I'm out of here. Yeah. Oh, he's an unseen secondary character. Exactly. A special mention to Lomez. Yeah, <laughs> I loved that just like that sort of little nod. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um to put someone in a porta loo but never have any kind of dialogue, but Kramer's like talking to them and then he sees Newman driving down the street in the car <laughs> with his girlfriend. You and see, he's like, my dear. Lomez, I'm out of here. You like, see, my dear. All registered mail is certified, but, but not, not all certified, certified mail is registered. Oh, it wasn't the other way around. 
Also, well, certified know. mail is registered, but not all registered mail is it's certified. certified. Yeah, I can hear you and talk zip, about this all day. Zip codes are just made up. Zip codes are meaningless. <laughs> <laughs> They're meaningless. Um, yeah. Um, you know, FDR. I, he's a he's a wacky weirdo. He's a wacky weirdo. Uh, probably a loner, but he has some friends. Obviously, he has enough to friends to yeah. show up for his birthday party. And he's a hot dog vendor. You know. So yeah. he's probably pretty friendly with the the local neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. But he's also, yeah, he's a he's a kooky one. And he holds grudges quite a lot. He held a vendetta against Kramer for two years. Over something as trivial as a snowball. Yeah, a very tightly packed in <laughs> snowball, but which would have felt like a rock. But I guess. You know, nonetheless. He got his own back. He did, yes. And uh, do you have anything else about FDR? No, just no. like his, you know, his behaviour is really trivial. Yes, very. Um, very eccentric like Kramer. Yeah. yeah. Eccentric Oddball. for sure. Oddball, Oddball yes. Yeah. Um, I get the sense that yeah, like, as you were saying, like, he has some friends at the party, but I don't get the sense that he's a particularly popular guy, and maybe that's why he's kind of hung on to this vendetta against Kramer and gets so much satisfaction out of, like, torturing him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, he seems nice enough, I guess. So, yeah, I, I get the sense that he's maybe, like, a little bit lonely, a little bit jaded, yeah, maybe, yeah. or cynical. Maybe he's, he, for his next wish, he has to wish for a supermodel. Yeah. Like and it might come true. Or some better friends. Or better friends. One <laughs> of the two. Or maybe both. Um, but no, I don't have much else around him. Just, yeah, he's, he's a bit of a weird guy. A bit of a weird guy, but I loved his character. Very but I liked watching him in the show. Yes. And I liked watching Kramer, like, struggle so much. Yeah, I know. Struggling and, and, and not dropping And over something dead. so mm. stupid. Oh, well, <laughs> Season nine. <laughs> what can I say? And uh, that's uh, they're all the secondaries from that's the betrayal. It. Yes. Yeah. Um, now I this is our seventieth episode that we've uh, reviewed. Wow. Stays on this podcast number seventy. So that's a big number. Yay! Not including our special episodes, but you know, yeah. nearly at retirement level. Basically, <laughs> two days out of retirement. <laughs> um, so for me, I've ranked this episode at number forty-eight. Out wow, of 70. So, that's not so bad. Yeah, like I said before, very ambitious. Uh, the story I found overall to be a bit lacking in parts, but uh, excellent strong performances carried yeah. it over. And yeah. I love the little subtle references from uh, scenes onto previous scenes when yeah. it goes in reverse, yeah. how it all ties together. They've like, done it well. Like Yeah, like Kramer with his, lolly, his lollipop. Yeah, you know, it's so, the it's shrinking almost, lollipop. It's almost eaten like at the start, but then it's like massive at the and end. And I sort of get yeah. the sense that he's yeah. like picked that up as one of the treats at the birthday party. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, everyone got a lollipop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Which is cute. Because he has it at the party and yeah. it's like massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Because why else would you walk around with a novelty <laughs> like children's lollipop? <laughs> as you do. But it just reflects on like what part of the yeah. story. It's, it's, clever. it's a clever episode, I think. Very clever MacGuffin. Yeah. And clever in epi- uh, episode and a nice tribute to Harold Pinter. Mm-hmm. Yes. Now, on your scale, you obviously don't have your top 70, but no. where do you rank this episode? Great, like classic? It's not a classic. Good. I would say good. it would be... Very good? I'm going to say very good. Very good, okay. Yeah. Good. I don't think it's a classic. Mm-hmm. Um, I was obviously talking to you today about the fact that when you... When you're watching it the first time, just as like purely entertainment, yep. I think it's gold. Yeah, um, it's really different. Watching a storyline unfold in reverse is really new. It's challenging. You don't have the context as a viewer. It, it forces you to be sort of more conscious and engaged than usual. So I love it for that. Um, in terms of like reviewing it for the characters, it was actually kind of harder than usual. It was because, because the story were, was very fast paced. There was a very lot happening. Breakneck speeds. Yeah, in terms there was of a like lot. Scene cuts. There was a yeah. lot going on. There was a lot packed in, but also yeah. you would get like receiving all your information without context. So you sort of had to work from the beginning and mm-hmm. go backwards yeah. um, with yeah. the show. 
so like I enjoyed it more as entertainment than I did as homework yeah. <laughs> um, but I still think that it's really it's unique it's different it's challenging I love seeing Elaine drunk um, I love the way that you know George and Jerry both like talk about the vault um, which has obviously been kind of iconic Iconic. I, uh, yep, thank you. I was like, iconicized? That's nice not a word. Iconic. Um, you know, I feel like the term uh, the vault is actually, like, gone into popular culture. It sure has, yeah. Um, so that's a pretty big thing for Seinfeld. And, um, yeah, I love Elaine Drunk. I love her performance and the fact that she goes and gets her nose pierced and then gets it ripped out well, by her frenemy. Yeah, 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 by her frenemy, yeah, it's perfect. Um, it's yeah. just, it's ridiculous and yeah. it's perfect. And, like, everyone sort of being in the diner being like, I don't want to talk about it. Because <laughs> um, it's like that when you travel with people as well. So, yeah, it's very, it's very good. Yep. But it's not classic. Fair enough. Yep. Cool. Excellent. So good, good <laughs> That's choice. my long-winded opinion. Nice. Well, good choice, Stace. Well <laughs> Thank done. you. All right. Thank you for giving me the freedom to choose. Oh, that's fine. Anytime. I There's no it. betrayal here. No. And you'd picked so many of the other good ones already. So Yeah. Um, yeah. Go back and listen to those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I would have loved to have done the outing, but this one is also very good. Yes. That's okay. The outing was in our season one. So mm, one of our first way, episodes. way back. Way, way back in the Wayback Machine. In the Wayways. Go in the Wayback Machine and listen to that one. <laughs> now, Stacey, you have today's Seinfeld Trivia fact. So, I do. Uh, what do you have? From the Seinfeldia trivia calendar. Uh, from last year. From last year. <laughs> just, I, I need to get the 2019 one. I haven't seen it in Kmart this year around. Oh, I've seen... I follow a lot of Seinfeld Facebook groups. Do and you? Someone had the 2019 one. Cool. But I think they were in the US. Right. So, but it's probably around. I was with yeah. Stephen. I was the one who found this yes, in the shops. Yes, that's right. Stephen mentioned that, ah. yes. Anyway, Good back to you. the trivia. You contribute so much to the podcast. I do. It's scary. Even before I knew that I was going to be a part of it. Yeah. When you're in Europe. That's how much I love Seinfeld. Isn't Bef- that sad? Before, Yeah, I know. Before you even got the call, you're in Europe somewhere and you Sending thought someone somewhere will do a podcast about Seinfeld. And One day. I think I'll get the call up. Yeah. I think it'll happen. My spidey senses were tingling. No, they were your Stacey senses. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Seinfeld tended to shoot at least eight minutes more material than it could use in the final cut. Even the episodes shot in front of one can... Cons- Wait. <laughs> Sorry. Even the episodes shot in front of one, consistent audience required edit... Oh, that's okay. This is confusing. Is there like a misspelling? Is there? I don't know. Even the episodes shot in front of one, consistent audience required editing together various takes. Do you want to read another one? (laughs) Maybe next page. Is that just me? Can you please have a go at that? Because I'm worried that I'm that tired that my brain is now not functioning. Okay. Seinfeld tended to shoot at least eight minutes more material than it could use in the final cut. Uh, even the episode shot in front of one, as in one person, uh, consistent audience required editing together various takes. Yeah, that doesn't weird. make sense. Makes no Let's sense. do another one. Okay, do another one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, ve- I'm vetoing that trivia for uh, lack of one. decent grammar. Uh, let's see. Let's do... Let's try and find... Actually, before I find another one, tell me your Seinfeldism for this week. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, so, for it. Um, last week, neither of us had a Seinfeldism, which no. was a little bit sad. Very sad, because Stephen's usually the, the king the, of Seinfeldisms. Yeah, he's pretty good so on the old Seinfeldisms. He, he loves them. Um, and then as Ivan and I were driving home from the studio last week, after we'd recorded the last episode, we were sitting at some traffic lights, waiting for traffic, and we saw, well, I saw and pointed out... Um, a billboard for a real estate agent in the local area 
whose name was Michael Richardson. That's right, the real estate agent. Yeah. To take out uh, Owen, and uh, he's Michael Richards. Son of Michael Richards. Son of Michael Richards. Living son. right here in Melbourne. Right here. You're selling just, real estate. Just down the road from my place. No, yeah, like just around the corner. Scary. But it was really funny because we were just sitting there, and then all of a sudden I was like, oh, Michael Richardson. <laughs> um, so that worked. And I also had a second Seinfeldism that also occurred last week, but, but I can't. You were. Uh, Remember it. Yeah, you can't remember it. No, no, no. unfortunately, my short-term memory was impaired and I can no longer remember my second Seinfeldism. So if it comes to me, I will make sure that I write... Write down your Seinfeldisms. Write it to you and what? you can present it on another episode. Well, you know what you should say is your second Seinfeldism? What? Nothing. <laughs> I had an idea for the show. Nothing. nothing. Yeah, that was my Seinfeldism. My nothing. brain went... Nothing. Nothing. You went Larry David. Yeah. Here we go. Here's another Seinfeld trivia fact. All right, let's try this one Here we go. Take two. Actor Jerry Stiller found the Seinfeld family welcoming when he arrived on set in 1993. One of his first taping... Oh, sorry. On his first taping night... Oh, jeez. Not again. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jason Alexander, Jerry Seinfeld, Julia Louis-Dreyfus and Michael Richards surrounded him and wished him good luck. Excellent. He felt a particular connection to the eccentric Richards... That day kicked off what Stiller would later call the best years of my life as an actor. And look how much he kicked Isn't that ass. Beautiful. I know. And look how much he kicked ass as Frank. And I love that, like, Richards and Stiller had their own personal bond outside of the bond of their characters. Yeah, yeah, it's nice. And it really, I think that that must have influenced just how much time Kramer and Frank got to have together That's in the show. Right. And it resonated in, the their, uh, in their chemistry too. Yeah, yeah, it really does. It's really good. Yeah, it worked out really nice. That's it's a so very, cute. very heartwarming one to finish off. I love off. Jerry Stiller. Yeah, I love him too. Loved. No, no, he's still alive. Love. No, love. Love, love. <laughs> he's still around. He, had, he was in hospital a couple of weeks ago. Oh, but, but get he well, Jerry. No, he, he, I think he's out of hospital now. Good, he's good, fine. good. Yeah, so good luck to him and uh, his family, Ben, his son Ben and, and everyone else. Festivus miracles. Indeed, yes, yep. miracles do happen, yep. especially if you wish on shooting stars. Mm-hmm. We wish that uh, you listen to us and uh, you follow us on Subscribe. social media. Yes, at Bidwabask on social media, B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C. If you want to drop us a line, uh, bidwabaskpodcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, listen to us anywhere you can, iTunes or Apple Podcasts these days, Spotify, Stitcher. In fact, listen to us everywhere you can. Everywhere you can, <laughs> huh? indeed. Even in India, you know, if you're in India. And contribute it. to the – we're going to start a new Patreon. Well, <laughs> not really. This is just my ideas. But um, in order to have Stacey, myself, as a regular featured co-host <laughs> slash guest, we're going to start a Stacey microphone fund. That's right. $300 a month. Oh, uh, no, 300 just, No, $30. Where did that extra zero come from? No, I don't know. Taxes. Um, yeah, no, for, for $30 a month. No, yep. just kidding. No, we no, can do it. Like. Nah, I mean no one's gonna do it, but like, no let's just say if you want, if you want to have me on the show on the regular, we need a new microphone for me, so that I don't have to share with Stephen, so yeah, that we can right. have all three of us in beautiful sound quality, in beautiful harmony. Um, if you if you pledge, let's say twenty dollars a month <laughs> or more, you're gonna contribute to the Stacy Fund, which would mean if we get the money, I will pledge my like agreement that if we get someone on the microphone fund that I will become a like more regular co-host slash guest of the show. We'll have a pact. A pact, a pact. exactly. Like Jerry and George. A there pact. will be a we pact. We had a pact, Jerry. Uh-huh. A pact. I'm gonna do a co-host pact. Nice. If you pact. Pact. 
um, dig deep into those wallets, guys, and get me a microphone. <laughs> yeah, but in all seriousness, Please. we do have uh, a very affordable Patreon tier. Much more. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Bidwabask. Uh, you can subscribe for $1 a month or $2 a month. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get early access to Bidwabask episodes, early access to our s- new podcast, Season 10. Season 10. Uh, we're up to, if you're uh, on a $2 a month or more uh, subscription on Patreon, you get to listen up to, as of this time of recording, Episode 8 cool. of Season 10. So uh, everyone else is about four or five weeks behind. Uh, you get access to other episodes. Yeah, um, but if you are a content creator and you've got like a podcast or some kind of YouTube channel or whatever and you want to, you want us to plug it for a month, mm-hmm. uh, $5 a month, the content creators uh, tier, which we've just yep. created. And uh, if you want to sponsor the show, if you've got a business or a product or a service, you want to, you know, advertise to people in over in 60 touch. countries around the world who listen to us. Uh, we've reduced it from $40 a month to $30 a month. Nice. So, uh, yeah, be sure to go to patreon.com forward slash B-I-D-W-B-A-S-C and there's a tier for you. Beautiful. Tears Beautiful. for everybody. Tears in heaven. No tears for fears. No. <laughs> everybody wants to rule the world, let me tell you. <laughs> Especially Stacey. Thank you so much, by the way, Stacey. For, Thank uh, you for having me. Yeah, being, it's an absolute pleasure. And uh, we can't wait to have you back on as a special... Well, you're now a special co-host, not a, a special, special guest. A special co-host, but yeah. I'll be a special return co-host. You will. That's right. Hopefully with a third microphone. Yes. Or you just put Stephen in the corner. We'll see. Talk. We'll see how you go. We'll see what happens. <laughs> yes. Next week, Stephen is back in the co-host chair with me. Uh, we're going to talk about the letter from season three. That is the episode with the Kramer portrait. Ah, which yes. was one of my Seinfeldisms. That's right. On another previous visit. Yes, that's right. Yes. It's still on Victoria Street if anyone wants to go see it for themselves. Nice. It's still there? <laughs> yeah. Ah, sick. I walk past it all the time. Maybe take another photo so we can put it on sure, our Instagram. Sure, I yeah? will. Yeah. Sick. My name's Ivan. I'm Stacey. Yes, and uh, I will see you next week with Stephen for The Letter and uh, listen to Season 10 as well. So I'll see you next week for new episodes for both. Thanks for having me. Bye. Bye. Wait! I'm with people. Yeah, yeah, and thanks for inviting me. I did invite you. Your invitation must have gotten lost in the mail. (laughs) I need your wish to protect me from FDR. Can't do it. I'm on an unbelievable birthday wish hot streak. My last five birthday wishes came true. Come on, look, I'll give you my next birthday wish, huh? Your next 50. Wishes. 48. 49. Done. Sucker. This week we're doing a special episode with my special buddy, Stacy. It's her. Your special friend that makes me sound, uh, you know, somehow lacking. Oh, no, I don't mean in that way. <laughs> um, my special little buddy, My Stacey. special little guy, a lady, friend, person, Pal. whatever you like to be called. It's 2019. Be whatever you want to be. Um, I do. Yes. So you chose The Betrayal I this, did. this week. Yes. Uh, season 9, episode 8. So mm-hmm. I've got quite a lengthy plot synopsis. Uh, uh, you know, usually with the season 8 and 9 episodes, the plot synopses are just ridiculous. Yeah. So I'll uh, read it out. For you. So, Please do. The Betrayal, the backwards episode, the infamous episode. Yes. First aired in the US on November 20th, 1997, directed by Andy Ackerman and written by Peter Melman and David Mandel. Uh, this episode, as I mentioned, pre- pre- presents rather a backwards narrative beginning with the Castle Rock Entertainment logo in reverse, mm-hmm. but the music is forward, as mm-hmm. normal, uh, and it goes from the final scene to the first scene. Yeah. Yes. Jerry and George. So this is going from the end of the episode to the start yep. of the episode. Yeah, so you're reading in it in order. order. In order of, of how it was broadcast originally. Okay. Yeah, that's right. Uh, yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, that's right. 
<laughs> oh, actually, no. I'm reading it from uh, start to finish. Yes, yeah. the beginning to the end. Yes, yep. probably a bit easier. So you're reading it in reverse. <laughs> uh, yeah, reverse, reverse, essentially. <laughs> so Jerry and George are walking down the street. George is wearing a pair of Timberland boots, and they run into Nina, an old friend of Jerry's and an old date, uh, Justine Michelli, an old friend who he's never slept with because there's never an awkward pause during which. Uh, he can make a move. Elaine receives a last-minute invitation, or an unvitation according to her, to Sue Ellen Mishki's wedding uh, in India. Given the late arrival of the invitation, she assumes, like I mentioned, it's an unvitation, and that Sue Ellen doesn't actually want her to come. Uh, Sue Ellen will be marrying Pinta Ranawat, played by Sean Torb, uh, whose name seems very familiar to Elaine. Peter? Uh, George asks Jerry to call Nina about setting them up on a date, and realises he must wear his Timberlands, because wearing them causes him to seem taller. Five foot eight, five foot seven. Five foot eight, <laughs> f- five foot seven. Five foot seven. Everybody knows you're five six. Yeah. And Jerry and Nina suffer an awkward pause in their conversation, causing them to have sex on Jerry's counter. <laughs> Elaine meets Pinter's parents, Usha and Zubin Ranawat. And I love how she's like, Usha. We are Usha and Zubin. Hi, Hi nice so to meet Usha. You. I'm Zubin. I'm Zubin, <laughs> the, the dad. So good. Um, so they're played. Uh, so Usha's played by Noor Shik, and uh, Zubin's played by Bart Braverman, who try to convince her not to go to India for the wedding. It's the only country in the world that has the plague. I mean, the, the plague. plague. <laughs> so cavalier. He's yeah. much too cavalier about that yeah, conversation. I, I liked him. India is a dreadful place. It's a dreadful place. And I, yeah, and he talks about Manhattan as well. Yeah, so not and so I'm far not from such I'm not such a fan of Manhattan. They aren't going themselves to the wedding and they dislike India. While at Jerry's to talk about the incident, Elaine discovers that he and Nina have just slept together. She and Jerry agree that they must keep this from George, as he will take it personally. Elaine buys tickets for herself, Jerry, George and Kramer to go to India to spite Sue Ellen at the wedding. When she returns to Jerry's to give everyone their surprise tickets, Kramer turns down the offer because he's busy with his own issues, which I'll mention a bit later. George promptly takes the tickets for Nina, and Elaine and Jerry immediately become awkward, afraid that their secret will come out. Jerry temporarily escapes talking with George by going to, with Kramer to Newman's house. Oh, I love Newman. Oh, I love Newman. Bullshit. Uh, noticing Elaine's hot behaviour, George goes... Kramer, come in. Do you want to borrow something? Do you need something to eat? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the only time Jerry's ever like... Yeah. Come in, come pretty, in. Pretty keen on being, being with Newman. Yes. Does your girlfriend have to be here? Does yours? <laughs> I love that line. I love that and line. And I love how the camera just cuts straight. To, like, Jerry's out of shot. And he's, then as soon as he said it, Jerry's just... You have no idea yeah, he's even there. And yeah, then yeah. when Newman makes that little remark, it just kind of pans out to yeah, Jerry, yeah. like, sheepishly sitting on the yeah, couch. That's right. And then the previous scene explains everything, yeah. yeah. Um, noticing Elaine's odd behaviour, George goes with her to Monks and gets her drunk on peach schnapps. While under the influence, Elaine reveals Jerry and Nina's encounter to George. Elaine, Jerry, George and Nina arrive in India, where Elaine discovers that Pinter is a man she slept with and that they're the only people from the US who are attending the wedding. Jerry makes Elaine drink schnapps to find out why George is acting bitterly towards him. Jerry finds out that Elaine told George that Jerry slept with Nina and that Elaine had slept with the groom, a fact that George shouts out during the wedding ceremony. Uh, where Sue Ellen calls the wedding off. And uh, Nina reveals she hates George and isn't interested in Jerry and only came for the free trip. Yeah, good for her. Uh, Jerry, George and Elaine return from their trip to India that they don't... and Sorry, they return from their trip and that they don't want to talk to Kramer about what happened. Mm-hmm. It's revealed that two years ago, Elaine indeed did date Pinter, whom Elaine knew as Peter, and Jerry and George... Uh, tells George and Susan, who makes a cameo in this uh, episode, that Nina might be the one. Mm. He's very impressed when she mentions something he's never heard of. Email. 
Mind you, this scene was set in like 1995. Right. You know, at the early stages of yeah. internet. So, you know. So it aired in 97, but it was set in more like... Oh, no, no. I mean, the betrayal was set in like 97, 98. Oh, but, but this is a flashback. But this scene was like two years before. For sure. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, yeah. So email was like a very new thing. Very like, oh, big. Ba- little wee baby concept. Very, man. These days, it's ubiquitous in society. Mm-hmm. There you go. <laughs> it's like Stephen's in the room. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen, what are you doing here? <laughs> ubiquitous. You <laughs> ubiquitous. I'm going to make him that on a tea towel, I think. You should. Yeah. And and have like the Seinfeld logo. Mm-hmm. Have it like on a, as a, yeah. like, the same font and stuff. I'll make him yeah, a yeah. t-shirt that says ubiquitous, ubiquitous. but in the Seinfeld logo. Sick. Don't, Don't listen, Stephen. You've got your birthday present sorted. <laughs> yes. Well, he's got his... Um, have you heard of that band? Grindfeld. Yeah, he's got his Grindfelt yeah. shirt. Have you the, seen him? It's wearing? great. Yeah, it's yeah, cool. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah we went it. out to the pub a few weeks back and he was wearing his Grindfeld shirt. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, we talked about yeah. it with like the group of people that we were with. Sick. I haven't seen it yet, so uh, yeah, it looks pretty cool. It's obviously... It's one of those very sort of typical like grindcore, death metal sorts of logos where you can only just read what the actual letters say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it looks metal as fuck. So. Awesome. Yeah. Sick. I've heard some of the music. Have you heard the It's great. I love tracks? it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Um, so in Kramer's subplot, uh, Kramer attends FDR's birthday. FDR stands for Franklin Delano Romanowski. And uh, FDR gives him the evil eye right before blowing out the candles on his cake. Was it not the stink? Was it the stink eye? The stink eye. <laughs> no, it was the evil eye. Oh. Um, he wishes, FDR reveals in a uh, later visit from Kramer that he wishes for him to drop dead. Kramer tries to get Newman to use his birthday wish to protect Kramer from dropping dead, but he instead wishes for a date with a supermodel, played by Jocelyn Kelly, which in fact comes true. Kramer stops by Newman's apartment to confront him, at which point Newman's girlfriend suggests he counter the wish himself. Uh, Kramer and FDR soon find themselves outwishing each other by wishing on a shooting star, throwing coins in the fountain, pulling out eyelashes, and even pulling a wishbone. In the end, Kramer and FDR settle their scores with a snowball. I put a rock right in the middle. Mm. Oh, yeah, I felt that. I felt that. <laughs> I felt that. What do you want, my kidney? <laughs> what do you want, my kidney? He pulls out that ice pack. So <laughs> good. Uh, it's revealed that Kramer hit FDR on the back of the head with a snowball in 1995, which caused the mm. uh, riff. Uh, at the end of the episode, a flashback taking place in 1984 shows Jerry moving into his apartment and first meeting with Kramer, mistaking him as Kessler. A nice reference to uh, episode the one pilot. where he was called Kessler. Mm-hmm. The Seinfeld Chronicles. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, he invites Kramer over for pizza and tells him what's mine is yours and the rest is history. And he sets a precedent that will never be undone. And he leaves Fruit Loops and Milk and uh, Jerry's oh, drawer. Why is there a drawer full of Fruit Loops, Loops in the drawer? And, and then he's, milk. someone's like, like oh fruit loops in a drawer in the kitchen that's not that uncommon and then he like puts his hand <laughs> in it and he's like and milk. and milk and the next scene kramer's like pouring milk while he's reading the, the book Co- totally overfills the bowl yeah. and then sort of like stumbles <laughs> when he hears jerry and yeah. just goes like so good so good um other secondaries in the episode include brian caser he plays uh, a postman at newman's birthday party uh shelly malil plays a wedding usher at uh, sue ellen's wedding and bill lee brown plays a party goer at fdr's birthday party party hmm. Hmm. so i got a couple of trivia facts about the episode do you have yeah. any trivia no no okay that's all right <laughs> <laughs> well i mean i don't know whether it's necessarily trivia mm. um but the episode itself is basically like a, a very hard nod um to a play that was written by a man whose last name is Pinter. That's right, Harold Pinter. Yeah. Uh, the name of the play was Betrayal. Yeah. And he uses the same gimmick. And obviously, Sue Ellen's uh, fiance is named after the playwright. Yeah. As a tribute. And the yeah. story also goes backwards That's in right. it as well. Yeah. So, so it's it was a nice a very, homage. Yeah, mm. a very, very uh, deep nod 
um, to that play, which also apparently has been made into a film. Yes. Um, and I don't know, they sort of, I couldn't find anything as to why they, you know, whether it was kind of a, like a memoriam mm. sort of thing or whether the, the writers or someone in the show just has a close relationship with this person that yeah. they wanted to kind of honour them in that fashion. I couldn't find out why they did it that way, but that's basically the... Um, the the gist of it, yeah. No, yeah. I, I don't know what happened to Harold Pinto. I, I don't know much about his life, so mm. I guess we'll go with that. It was just like a tribute. Yeah. And, you know, Seinfeld wanted to roll with it. Yeah, so it idea. wasn't an yeah. original idea. It was a very strong kind of, like, nod to somebody else's work, but they pulled it off in a very Seinfeld fashion. Very Seinfeld fashion, Especially yeah. those yeah. little details like you were talking about with, like, you know, Elaine sneezing and Jerry saying, bless you, and then when she, like, asks him for the time and, and then he was like, like, you, you just you asked, asked me two, two minutes, minutes ago, ago. And then there's a scene two minutes two earlier. Two minutes yeah. before, yeah. Perfect, so, yeah. like, that's, I feel like that's kind of very Seinfeld approach to yeah, it. Yeah, it is. Yeah, a nice homage. Yes. In a Seinfeld way. Um, Kramer tells Jerry and George that FDR gave him um, the evil eye, and they asked him if it was the crook eye or the stink eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, this references an, a season 8 episode, which we've done an episode on, the Van mm-hmm. Buren boys, uh, when Kramer says he was given the stink eye and he returned fire with the crook eye. Oh. Yeah, nice reference there. Uh, the working title of this episode was The Cake Parties. Obviously, FDR's party and Newman's party. Oh, so, you know, okay. Blo- the cake blowing parties. out candles, yep. yes. Uh, and we never learned the real reason why Elaine was invited to the wedding. Mm. Yeah, we don't know. Whether Sue Ellen, like, genuinely was trying to sort of invite her. Yeah, yeah. Invite her. Because they're kind of like bitter frenemies. friends. Frenemies, yeah. Frenemies, yeah. I guess it's the best way of doing it. Yes, very, it, yeah. very frenemy. Yes. And uh, in retrospect, and also when the episode was released, uh, most uh, reviews were mixed, but mostly negative. Towards really? the episode, yes. Um, so Ryan Gilby of The Guardian said that it wasn't only audacity that set Seinfeld apart from other TV shows when reviewing the episode. So he mentioned in a positive light, yeah, because he said by that time they were riffing on how uh, Harold Pinter's the betrayal. Yeah. So you know, obviously they kind of got to that point where the the the, sh- the show's very smart and the audience. It wasn't. He said it wasn't like Two and a Half Men. Yeah. You know where you have to like get the joke shovel spoon feed spoon people. feed yeah, well and yeah, also yeah. So, like know. when you think about the fact that a you know 25 minute long sitcom has taken on the huge task of trying to emulate or pay homage to a, a play yeah um, that's a pretty like those two things don't really sit so smoothly beside one another so it's a pretty big job for the writers and the production team to pull together that episode mm. Um, that's, you know, emulating a, a, a feature, or not a feature, but like a full-length play. Yeah, that's right. Mm. And um, one one uh, person from IGN, he cites this episode as the moment the show jumped the shark. Jumped the shark? Uh, you've never heard that term before? No. Oh, okay. Here we go. TV uh, History 101. Sorry. Flashback. So what that means, Stacey, is there was an episode of Happy Days. Yeah. So Happy Days was flying high. Yeah. But then by the later seasons, it was getting a bit stale. Uh-huh. And the ratings were dropping a little uh-huh. bit. So you know the Fonz? Yeah, of course. So I know Happy Days. There was a scene where he was wearing, like, his leather jacket and yeah. all that stuff. But he was wearing, like, board shorts. And he was on, like, a pair of water skis. Uh-huh. And, and he jumps. He literally jumps over a shark. Right. And people reckon that that's where Happy Days kind of went downhill. And then it got cancelled soon after. Oh. So that term's used in terms of like when the something's kind of, of outstayed its welcome. You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like the moment where it's kind of it's the beginning of the end. It's like, right. yeah, this is the moment where it's going to go downhill. Right. So, yeah, this guy from IGN, uh, Seth Amerton, reckons that uh, it jumped the shark. It's a pretty scathing review. Yes. I like to think that it's something like a bit creative and different. It's and very challenge. different. It's very ambitious. I give yeah, it that. Yeah, it's a big challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think the actual story 
like it, it's hit and miss for me, like overall the plots. But no, I like the ambition. Not the a huge amount really happens. No, not really. The, the detail and the time and the energy of the episode is about the telling mm. of the story as opposed to the story as the actual itself. story itself yeah. and how it all fits in retrospect, like yeah. doing it retrospectively. Yep, yep, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Mm. So, what do you reckon, Stace? We'll talk about some characters. I think we should do that. What we do best. Yes. Yes, the only... I don't know what else we would do if we didn't talk about the characters. <laughs> I wouldn't think so either. I think we're the only Seinfeld podcast available at the moment who talks about the secondaries. There you go. So there you go. As far Unless there's another one that I don't know about. Let us know. If, if you are another Seinfeld podcast talking about the secondary characters, <laughs> please reach out. We would love to be friends. I can imagine someone's listening. I'll create my own <laughs> Seinfeld podcast, but I don't want to be a tertiary character. Yes. <laughs> What if someone just made a podcast about, like, the background sets of Seinfeld? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it so would probably niche. be a bit short-lived, but this scene was there's used. a lot. Yeah, this scene was used in the Merv Griffin show yeah. and the Butter Shave. Yeah, yeah. why not? <laughs> the set. Yeah, why not? This one got destroyed. This one is still at uh, Universal Studios. I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. In a sound room somewhere. Somewhere. Anyway, let's talk about Pinter, a.k.a. Peter, yeah? Yeah, let's start with Pinter. Played by Iranian-American actor Sean Torb. Uh, known for appearing in the films Iron Man and Crash. Uh, he's also appeared in the TV show Homeland, and for Crash, he won a Screen Actors Guild Award along with his other cast for Outstanding Performance by a Cast in a Motion Picture in 2005. There you go. So there you go, yes. Those are some pretty decent roles. Very decent roles, yes. What did you say? What was the second one? Oh, the film? Uh, Crash. No, Iron Man. Iron Man, yes. It's pretty big. Yeah, very pretty big, big film. film. The I don't first recall big Marvel him. film. The, the, the first film uh, during the Marvel Renaissance. Yeah, I don't out. recall yeah. him being in it, but mm. obviously he's probably changed a lot from the 1997 Peter that I'm thinking I'd of. I'd probably say so much older. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> makes sense. We were having a good chat about Peter. I think despite the fact he has very little to no dialogue in mm. this episode, I think he's, he's a very deep character. I think there's a lot to him. It's got yeah. a lot of layers. What do you and think? And perhaps, perhaps the fact that he doesn't have a whole lot of dialogue is because they sort of let the character speak for himself a little bit. Like, yeah. you know, if you've got this, like, theory that he's this kind of deep, um, maybe slightly spiritual or traditional kind of a person, like maybe he's a man of few words because he sort of lets his actions and his choices like speak for him more so than his you know need to kind of rant and rave Mm. and we were talking about before who came up with the idea to have the wedding in india and you suggested Mm. sue ellen came up with it i get some sort of little feeling about sue ellen mishki and how much she would love telling all of her new york socialite friends that she was having a traditional um, Hindi wedding mm. in India. Yeah, um, yeah. And also, we were talking about the fact that, like, destination weddings have been pretty massive um, in wedding culture for a while now. And this kind of, to me, this is around about the right sort of time when the whole destination wedding thing was kind of probably really just starting to trend in the, like, upper class In the upper circles. class especially, yeah. Because, I mean, these days you can go get married in Bali and pay, like, 200 bucks. Yeah. Whereas back then in the 90s, like, air travel was Flying quite expensive. Flying all the way to India That was probably, like, a States. few grand... Like maybe a couple of grand one way yeah, to get India, exactly. you know what I mean? It's like maybe it's like four, five grand return. Yeah, so it sort of speaks yeah. to like your status, but then also, you know, that whole concept of like India as like a spiritual awakening, mm, you know, yeah. a center for like self discovery and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I get the sense that Sue Ellen would love to tell people that she was getting married in India. Yeah, and she was getting stoned like the Beatles. Yeah, you know, maybe. Before they released all their famous albums, she wanted to um, become like the Beatles. So I don't know. 
I don't know. She's yeah. not very Beatlesque to me. I don't but think perhaps so. so. She's I probably more of a Rolling Stones fan. <laughs> yeah, maybe. You know, she's that Beatles, a little, Rolling she's a little Stones. wild, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, she doesn't wear a bra. carefree and yeah. uh, damn it to the conventions. She lets it all hang out. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, she could be a Stones fan. Yeah, yeah I can't say that. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I, I found Peter or Pinter to be really interesting um, in the fact that I... I said to you that I think he's probably like a traditional person Mm -hmm. I think he kind of wants to be tied down because you know he wants like a wife or a partner for life you know he wants to be married yeah Um, the relationship mm. with Sue Ellen seems quite fresh quite fresh and quite rushed in terms of the show you know there's not they don't have any history it's just sort of all of a sudden she's getting married yes um, and it seems quite sudden and then also obviously there's the reference of the fact that Elaine and Pinter have had a relationship in the past. That's right. I think a very brief one and very notable as well is Elaine knows Pinter's parents. Mm. So I think it was probably one of those situations where they were probably dating for a couple of weeks and then a, a Pinter says, oh, meet my parents. Or maybe his parents happen to come over yeah. unannounced or something. And yeah. you, know, you know how we were talking about, you know, if you'd meet someone for like a week and you've been with them for a week, you don't usually meet their parents. Unless I would they, certainly not expect to. No, unless if they happen to turn up yeah. Accidentally, it, yeah. like, it's, it's not planned. A crossover, yeah, a or crossover like of that. some sort. But mm. I, th- I think Pinto probably said, "Hey, Elaine, meet my parents." She seems you to know? have enough of a relationship with them that, um, you know, you think that they've probably at least gone out for a dinner or something yeah, like that, which yeah, then yeah, makes yeah. you sort of think that she and and Peter um, were probably a little bit of an item. You know, mm, for mm. a time at yeah, least, that she's developed that kind of bond that she would show up to their house and yeah. talk to them about the wedding. Um, but yeah, I was sort of talking to you, Ivan, about my theories as to why he's had a name change. Yeah. Um, so my sort of theory on Pinter is that perhaps when he was younger, um, you know, his parents obviously don't seem to be too fond of India. No. They obviously don't have very many positive reports for Elaine. They hate it. Um, but they seem, you know, quite wealthy and educated and whatnot. So maybe they've raised... Peter in a way where, you know, as a young person, he was sort of more taking on the opinions and influences of his parents, um, rejecting his traditional Indian name and sort of trying to westernise himself a little bit and not sort of be too too typecast. And then he's had some sort of, you know, kind of change in his life where he's kind of reverted to more traditional back um, Mm. values. He's gone back to using his traditional name. He wants to get married, have a family of his own. Yep, that's right. um, Get married in his home country, you know, and sort of really like connecting back to his culture and his roots and his history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think he's a traditionalist. Yeah. And, um, you know, like... Not as much these days, but, you know, back in the day, people would, like, anglicise their names mm. to try and get, like, jobs. Yeah. And, you know, if 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 a, there was a recruiter and they saw, like, a John and a Mohammed, yep. you know, depending on their, like, how they thought, yeah. you know, which one would they pick, yep. you know, so you'd change your name, anglicise it to get better prospects. Yeah. I reckon that's what he probably did. But then, yeah, he, he wanted to go back to his roots mm. and, uh, yeah, change his name to It's Pinter. interesting, though, because yeah. his parents, as much as they're quite, like, overt about their dis like of India themselves. Oh, massive disdain. They haven't chosen to change their names. No. So it's interesting that he's changed his name in the past but has gone back to... To Pinter, his Mm. his original birth name. Yeah. Or Well, I mean, I guess, though, we're taking the leap that Pinter is his original birth name, Mm -hmm. but we don't necessarily know that for a fact, do we? He might have chosen 
to take on a more traditional name mm-hmm. in light of his alignment with more traditional values. Right, possibly. So there and, you go. Uh, Jagdish, I mean Jerry. Jugdish. Jugdish. Good <laughs> Jugdish. Jugdish. Good night, Jugdish. I so love that. cute. I love Elaine in that scene yeah, so much. A- that is one of my favourite scenes of hers in the yeah. entire show. Great performance by Julie Louis, as yeah. always. Yeah. She her she always hits him like she is she incredible. hits it hundred percent. The scene every line, when she's drinking the schnapps in the yeah. diner. Yeah. Because um, George knows that's the combination to the vault. The combination her to drunk. the vault. That's why he I love it how he goes for the breakfast cereal and he's like cereal cereal. Butterscotch schnapps. Peach oh, no, schnapps. Peach. peach schnapps. He knows Blech. that's the key to unlock her vault. Yeah. That's the key. Also, yeah. when yeah. you really take a step back, because like Jerry doesn't really drink i mean none of the characters really drink in no, the show this is one does. of the only <laughs> times when you see anybody well it's not one of the only times that you see someone drinking but it's probably about one of the only times that you see someone drunk you see someone drunk. Show. well elaine in um the pen takes muscle mm. relaxants so and it, gets accidentally so, like loopy yeah so it's not the first time you've seen her intoxicated no. or under the influence of, yeah. a, of a drug or alcohol but mm. you know I found interesting how she got drunk it's, twice it's something interesting and I know sitcoms are obviously you know they're supposed to be a bit sort of neat and tidy and shiny so it makes sense why there's not a lot of that stuff in it in previous ones but it's just it's fun yeah. It's fun to see her a little bit wild and crazy. And when she's exactly. like, oh, do you know what would be fun if I got my nose pierced? Like, That's wouldn't right. that be crazy <laughs> or whatever she says? and rips it out. Yeah. But Get just that like thing that, out of your nose. That ah. really kind of... That's got to hurt no matter where you are. Elaine's always <laughs> a risk taker, but yeah. in this one, she really like dials it up. Yeah, she's all, she's dressed in the full Indian garb yep. with the with the, the ring, the yep. nose ring. It's nice. She looks great too. Yeah, she looks great in yeah. the Indian attire yeah. and the, the sari, the... Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it's right. just for me. It's just like it's quite an anomaly this episode, which yeah. is I think why it's like why it stands nice out for you. Yeah. yeah, yeah, good choice. <laughs> Do you have any other notes Who? about Pinter? Um, he's a very uh, like I said, he's a very laid character despite his minimal to no dialogue. Yeah, like yeah. he literally doesn't. I don't think he says anything in the show. No, he's just kind so. of there um, mm. and talked about he's obviously at length. Yeah. Um, but no, I don't think that there's anything else I have on him. I mean, obviously. You know, if you're in the dating scene in a city like Manhattan for a period of time, I don't think it's a huge shock that you might cross over with partners. Um, you know, Sue Ellen obviously gets very upset. Yeah. Um, and, you know, she and Elaine have their history. And I think it's probably more so that, you know, maybe if she found out that some of some other friend of hers had done the same thing, she might not have been so upset. But because of her and Elaine's past, um, she gets really triggered by it. But, you know... It's, it, I don't feel like there's any error on anyone's behalf. No. I think it's just it happened. Yeah, it's it's in the past. Elaine didn't and, even you know, quite realise until yeah. she was already there meeting the man at the day of his, you know, the day before his wedding. Or that's whatever. right. So What's she's happened, obviously happened. not going to call it out. Yeah, and that's why she says in a in a scene, Pinter Runawat. I wonder yeah. if he's related to yeah. Peter Runawat. Yeah, so it's quite today. it's actually quite yeah. innocent. She do, she doesn't realise herself until she meets him. She has no idea. Mm. Anyway, next character. Yes. Uh, Nina, played by Justine Michelli. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's most famous for all you NYPD Blue fans out there. She's most famous for appearing in that show as Detective Adrian Lesniak. I thought she looked really familiar when mm. I was watching the episode. Yeah, I've never seen NYPD Blue, but apparently she was like a main cast member. I used for like to watch a bit a of it seasons, back in yeah. the day with my mum. Yeah, okay. Mm. You, you remember her? Was Not she... really. No? But she looks familiar, so okay. obviously like my brain must 
remember something. <laughs> yeah. Unless it's familiar from Seinfeld, but... But it's not. Yeah. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. Um, yeah, Nina, obviously, uh, very, like Jerry says in his own words, very compatible mm. uh, with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jerry can't get any awkward pauses to have sex. So much but conversation. They're so level on an intellectual mm. Platform, you know, like on an intellectual level, they're they're pretty much equal. Their so. level on an intellectual level, and and even like yeah, that's right. Mm-hmm. And even Jerry says like, if you swapped Elaine out for Nina, you yeah. can keep the conversation going, which is a huge statement. So she that could be like to George. So she could be like part of the core one four. of the gr- one of the one gang of the core five. Yeah, she's part of the core five. Yeah, and then George Ooh, is like, oh, I don't think you could have two females. No, probably not. No, no, they'd I don't crash. think Elaine would. I don't think that would pan out very no well. No equality? No? Okay. Yeah. I, it's not for, like, lack of representation. I just I just don't think that that would work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, going back to Nina, like, um, you know, she and Jerry have this, like, kind of back and forth. She seems quite intelligent, um, very chatty, very personable, very friendly as well. Like, even when she just runs into Jerry and George in the, in the street right at the end slash beginning start of the episode um (laughs) you know and she's like oh hi jerry like very excited very happy and then even when she meets george you know she's smiling she seems kind of like it seems like she's sort of flirtatious yeah even from the initial meeting and like it's george so um you know not like that that should matter but it's just it's a surprise that as someone that's you know at to her standard that she's sort of very open and warm mm, yeah just straight off the get-go straight off the get-go and uh, you know at first she seems interested in george and they date but I-, I think that the date didn't go well because we find out that uh nina only went to india for the free trip yeah and she doesn't want jerry or george i mean it's i would not if i'd gone on one date with someone and then they said do you want to come on a trip with me to india like that's a, that's a weird you know, we'd be shocked if someone asked us to go to dinner with their parents after mm, a week, exactly. let alone to go on an overseas trip unless, with them and mm, their friends. Unless she still had feelings for Jerry. Mm. I think because after this is, well, if, if you're going to go from like the proper order of yeah. events, you know, Jerry and Nina have a fling mm-hmm. and Nina's probably keen on Jerry. Yeah. Yeah. So that's why she goes to India. And maybe she's using that as a tool to try and get a little bit closer. She doesn't strike me as like an emotional manipulator. She seems relatively innocent, even the way where she's like, "Ah, free trip to India. You know, like she's not sort of doing it in a way that she comes across as being sort of malicious. It's just more so to me, it's like opportunistic. So I don't think if she sort of, maybe she might have had like an idea in her head of like getting closer to Jerry, but I don't think she doesn't strike me as the kind of person that would kind of play her cards that well that she would like go with George for the direct purpose of trying to get closer to Jerry again Uh, yeah good point I mean because they're only away for three days yes it's a very quick trip yeah worst case um, with a stopover in Sarajevo which doesn't make sense (laughs) doesn't make sense Uh, the former Yugoslavia well actually no but if you're going from the east coast of America you would be flying probably to London yeah yeah and then to India um yeah, like London or Germany or somewhere like yeah, that would yeah, be yeah. make more sense. But obviously, yep. Sarajevo, Serbia, it's closer. Cheaper air for, um, you know, cheaper like landing costs. Sarajevo maybe. is one of the cheapest yeah. um, 
airports in the region to fly through. There you go. So yeah. cheap. Yeah. Cheaper, cheaper landing costs. But it's just, yeah. it doesn't seem to make any sense when you first hear that. Yeah. Because we're obviously thinking of coming from Australia, which means like <laughs> from Australia, Sarajevo is further away than India. These days, you can basically almost get direct flights to India. Well, I think you've got to stop at Singapore, Malaysia sometimes. Yeah, you usually you have, have to stop, stop at one of those yeah, Asian hubs. Yeah, KL or Singapore. Yeah, there, yeah, I, yeah, I think yeah. there's like one airline that flies direct, but it'd be expensive AF. As hell. Yeah. Yeah. So you'd rather stop over in Singapore for like two days. Break it up. Chill. Yeah. Go to India. Check yeah. out the sites. That's it. That's it. Yeah. No, I think Nina, I liked her character. I think she, she was... She seems really nice. She seems really nice. And uh, yeah, she can really hold a conversation with Cherry. Yeah. I also love the way that they're sort of standing there having a conversation about... You know, Jerry's like, oh, maybe this is why we never fooled around because there was never an awkward pause in the conversation. And then, and then Nina's there is, eyes kind of light up. They're like, but oh, then there's oh. also like an immediate pause. Yeah, that's right. As soon as that happens, yeah. But she looks, her eyes definitely light up, but she also looks a little bit sheepish and a little bit shy mm. at the same time, which I really appreciate. Like she's kind of been on the edges of wanting to be with Jerry. There's a little part of her that's always wanted, wanted to have him. something. Yeah, and then yeah, as yeah. soon as that kind of comes back onto the table, you Just can see that. But she's also kind of still holding back. It's not until Jerry kind of makes the first, like, twitch. <laughs> and then takes everything off the counter. they both lunge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they both lunge at each other yeah, and, yeah. like, go into that. But also, like, even just as far as the episode's concerned, like, that's a very... That embrace is very staged. And you can yeah. tell that, like, they would have done that once and then laughed their asses off and then that was the cut. Yeah. You know? They so like it before seems, they kiss. Something seems yeah. very innocent about it, even yeah, yeah, though yeah. they're supposed to have had, like, wild, raunchy sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's good. Well, I guess in the Triple X version, we'd see the actual scene. Yeah. <laughs> but she does have a little bit of a sassy streak at the end. Um, you know, she makes that comment to George about, like, you know, because she, she says, George, like... Ever since I've met you, you've been wearing those same Timberlands. Timberlands. Like, you're not going to wear them to the wedding, are you? And then right at the end when she makes the jab about, like, take off those boots, everybody knows you're 5'6". So she obviously has a little bit of a sassy streak yeah, underneath does. that sort of, you know, nice, sweet nature. I love how Elaine goes, are those Timberlands painted and black? <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm not going to wear Timberlands. I'll wear black shoes. Black shoes. <laughs> oh, George, you idiot. Oh, Georgie. Um, um, anything else on Nina? I liked her character, though. Yeah, she's no, she's a ni- she seems like quite niceable. Uh, li- niceable. Niceable. I'm, niceable. I'm so sorry, everybody. You'd be good as niceable. Good, yeah. good, and, good and niceable. niceable. Um, yeah, look, she's opportunistic. She's taken the free trip to India. She didn't really sort of do it for anybody's, like... She just did it for her own benefit, not really to kind of, like, downplay anybody else. Yeah, and two years prior, Jerry thought that she was the one. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're on an intellectual level. Yeah, they've had a close relationship. That's that, right. And they obviously still have... Because obviously a lot of the time with Jerry's girlfriends or dates, um, things don't tend to leave on the most positive of note. Yeah. But their relationship obviously was of the nature that they've kept... Um, a positive kind of vibe between them because when they run into each other on the street she seems genuinely really happy to mm, see him and they yeah. have a good bond mm, which is nice very yeah yeah they're, re- they're really keen on each other still mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome I reckon we'll take a quick break Stace yes. and uh, we'll come back and we'll talk about FDR yes and the actor who plays him Michael McShane cool uh, some Seinfeldisms yes uh, where the betrayal sits on your Stacy scale Stacy scale <laughs> Stacy scale where it sits in my top episodes of all time if yes. it does and uh, this week's episode trivia trivia this is But I Don't Want to Be, a secondary character, a podcast where we talk about the secondary characters from the greatest sitcom of all time. We'll be back. Of all time. Of all time.
from Mongolia to Melbourne, you're on Bidwabask. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you better wish upon a shooting star, Stacey. Have you ever, like, do you believe in that? Do you believe in wishing on shooting stars or, um, you know, to wishing not... people dropping dead while you're ripping out your eyelashes? I definitely wouldn't no? wish somebody else to drop dead. Right. I'm not super superstitious I'm not particularly <laughs> we, we just rewound that back we're, we're recording on tape <laughs> and it is the betrayal so you know exactly we're, we're, we're going, yeah, it's got to all be back um, yeah. I'm not particularly superstitious um, but I would never wish somebody else dead because I do believe that there are certain things that you shouldn't put out into the universe let's say I told you so I, I just want you would to never, drop dead. Yeah, FBI. I would never think out loud something like that or say out loud something like that because sometimes I feel like life has a funny way of playing tricks on us and it I sure just does. think that there's certain things that you shouldn't make jokes about because like, life yeah. has a really dark sense of humour. It does, like Newman being with that supermodel. Yeah, you know, yeah exactly. And he's never gets, he said that he never gets a birthday wish wrong. Five know? in a row. Five in a row, yeah. Um, but I, I did... I, I was um, when I was travelling a few years back. I spent a night in the Sahara Desert when I was in northern Africa, oh. and I saw fifteen shooting stars oh, in 15 one wishes. night. And I didn't wish on all of them, but I felt very, very lucky the next day. And oh, I remember sort yeah. of waking up in the morning and looking, like thinking back about the night and all the stars that I'd watched and, uh, you know, stargazing, but also how many shooting stars I'd seen. And, like, even some of the locals that we were talking to were saying, like, oh, wow, that's a lot. 15 is a lot. Massive. Um, So I remember, like, waking up in the morning and feeling quite sort of, like, hopeful and positive about that experience. And then after... Yeah, that's cool. And then after the shooting stars, it's like a massive meteor. (laughs) (laughs) You know? Like I'm a Just a flaming rock (laughs) in the middle of the desert. Yeah, we're dead. Yeah. Basically. No, not yet. Um... But yeah, not not too. I don't do the eyelash thing. Yeah. If I find an eyelash on my face, I usually ah, just blow it away. Ah, ah, yeah. And I love how they're like ripping out their eyelashes. Yeah, it's, like, it's awesome. So yeah, painful. Indeed. So I have one uh, Seinfeld news article this mm-hmm. week. I'm taking over the mantle from Stephen yes. um, until he's back next week. Uh, in a an article on the website cheatsheet.com, um, there's a new Netflix show called Tidying Up, and the name of the host is Marie Kondo. Have you seen? Promos um, for tidying up. People have you've been people talking about it. Yeah, yeah. it's a very apparently new show. she's been around. Apparently, she herself has been around, and she must have had books and stuff like mm. that in the past. But yeah. it seems like she's kind of really just blown up recently. I'm hearing people at the office, like in the office, like referencing it, and making kind of comments about her and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've seen like promos for her on YouTube and also on Netflix. Yeah, you know, how you're scrolling and then you see like trailers just pop it's, up. I don't understand yeah. how that can be so interesting to people. Like tidying up is literally the most boring <laughs> thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it's got to be done. You I don't mean, don't get me time. wrong. I'm quite mm. a I'm quite a neat person, but I don't. I wouldn't say that I'm like a fan of the concept of tidying up. It's yeah. boring. You just do it so that you don't live in squalor. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And the Seinfeld connection here stays. So uh, she's actually been been compared by many listeners to Jerry Seinfeld when it comes to organising things. Oh. So a bit of a, like a pretext. So Condo, she's invented a, a method called the KonMari method, mm. uh, where organising spaces in your home should be a joyous occasion. 
So, you know, you should actually enjoy putting shit away. Uh, yep. And uh, since the show's been released, some viewers have compared her method to Jerry's when it comes to book ownership because Kondo says that uh, it's okay to throw out some books that you no longer use. And yep. uh, one of the riffs that Jerry makes in one of the episodes of Seinfeld, uh, he does a whole riff about people who buy books and keep them as trophies but never right. read them. Oh, yeah. So that's where the comparison is. That. Yeah. So Kondo's like, just throw the books away. And Jerry's right. like, why are you keeping the books? You never read uh-huh. them, you know? So, yeah, and Seinfeld himself is known to keep a neat and very set schedule. Yes, yes. he is. And he's also particularly high on the sort of like cleanliness, mm-hmm. bordering kind of germaphobe. OCD-ish I love that thing where kind of thing. Um, yeah. he's like taking the laces out of his shoes <laughs> and someone's like, you know, what are you doing? And he's like, oh, my, my lace, you know, touched the floor of the bathroom. So... There that goes. Yeah, there that goes. Just yeah. throw it away. That's yep. it. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think Marie's that bad. But uh, yeah, that's and it's interesting because Jerry's signed a deal with Netflix last year. Mm. So comedian cars get, comedians yep. and cars getting coffees on yep. there and he's doing a couple of original comedy Specials. series. Specials. He did a couple, like one yep. or two originals and mm-hmm. some of his old stuff's on yeah, there. So cool. I find it interesting how there's a parallel between a Marie Kondo and Jerry yeah. you know, by viewers, even though Jerry's now associated with Netflix. Uh, I, yeah, it was a really interesting piece. Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave the link in the show notes and yep. uh, have a read. Yep. And that's Seinfeld News. <laughs> <laughs> My work's done. <laughs> what about that? How about we go uh, for a quick break, Stace, and uh, yep. when we come back, we'll talk about the secondary characters from The Betrayal. As the I Betrayal. Mentioned. Yes, as I mentioned before, Pinter, Nina, and FDR, and a bit about the actors who portray them, and a bit of trivia about the episode. Sound good? Sounds wonderful. Wunderbar. Wunderbar. We'll be back. Did you know what the name for uh, Ivan is in Indian? I have no idea, Stacey. What is it? It's Ayenda. Ayenda. Ayenda Maharaj. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, or Ayenda. Or, or Ranawan. <laughs> yeah. And do you know what the Indian name for Stacey is? Sokdeet? I don't know. I don't Probably. know. Suck deep, maybe? No. No? No idea. No, it's definitely not that one. It's not that one, no. That's okay. (laughs) Welcome to another episode of But I Don't Want to Be a Secondary Character. My (laughs) name's Ivan. And my name is definitely Stacey. Definitely Stacey, yes. Definitely Ivan. Yes, back for a second week of shenanigans. And Mm -hmm. uh, it's been great having you uh, on the podcast as a special host with me. Special host. Special host, yes. Special host, not special guest, special host. Special host, yes, yes. And uh, Extra special. Extra special indeed, (laughs) yes. And uh, yeah, this week we're doing... an episode that you picked. With, I did, You know, because yes. you're only here for a short time with us. Yeah. Uh, well, in the studio. Special guest privilege. <laughs> yeah, that's right. So you've picked uh, Season 9, Episode 8, The Betrayal. I have indeed, you yes. Have, yes. I was, um, I had watched it a little while back and sort of like got to re-remember how great of an episode it is and how much I enjoyed it. And then when you sort of said that I could maybe pick an episode for us to do this week... I went back through the eps and you'd done a lot of the ones that I would have probably thought of sooner. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, this was one of the ones that was left over and I think it's a cracker. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. no, it's it's uh, it was very interesting, I must say. I, it, it's a very ambitious episode. It is. I f- like, for me, I found most of the storyline a bit bland and, like, if it was a regular run episode, so instead of backwards, I think it would have been pretty average. Yeah. But I think the execution and also, like... The subtle... I mentioned this to you in the car on the way mm. over to, to the studio. The subtle changes from, like, one episode to another. Yeah. I mean, not one scene to another. Yeah. You know, like, one of, the, one of the best ones is when Elaine sneezes and literally three seconds later, Jerry says... Oh, no. You know, Jerry says, bless you. 
and um, you know Elaine sneezes, sneezes three seconds before. So, yeah, you know, yeah, just yeah. great touches like that. Yeah, they've, they've, they've really put a lot of detail into the entire like reverse plot kind yep. of um, system, and yeah, it's just something very different. Yeah, um, it's like to me, it sort of makes it stand out more so because it's a really kind of unique concept of playing a storyline backwards, and it obviously. You know, it's a season nine episode, so it's yeah. not super surprising that they're getting a little bit more creative with ideas. But it really, it does rely on your audience to, it puts a lot of faith in the audience that they're going to actually follow through with the episode and that they're going to like be patient enough. Mm-hmm, yeah. Because obviously when you're watching it for the first time, everything that you're seeing is out of context. That's right, yeah. So yeah. things are happening, but you have no sort of grounding point for it. Things don't really make sense and you've got to really kind of stick with it until things start to reveal themselves a little more. Yeah, which I found really interesting. Like as it went along bit, bit by bit, you kind of understood the story yeah, a lot more. Yeah, little pieces kind of came out as they and, would do yeah. if you were following a story in the regular order and mm. you would you know you'd plant the seed something would be raised the first time then it would maybe be talked about yeah and then you'd see something else happen and it would sort of all wrap together whereas yeah. this is like literally like deconstructed yeah it's like a deconstructed caesar salad you or, know or a deconstructed coffee yeah. have you seen that was there was like some uh, barista in abbotsford mm. and they had a couple of years ago that it went viral they had like a deconstructed coffee it was literally like a beaker full of hot water yeah a beaker full of milk, a yep. beaker full of coffee. Yep. Yeah. And, and you, you pour and you it, put it all together. Yeah, that's, and it was like six bucks or something. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, that's just coffee at home, isn't it? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me about it. it must I've, definitely, I've definitely been served. Um, I'm, I'm a pretty big fan of the old cold brew, especially in this lovely weather that we're having oh, at the yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. And speaking of which, it's pretty freaking hot up here in the studio. Quite. If you hear like a slight hum in the background, that's like a fan that we've got going. So I've tried to minimise it as much as like... a fan that we have going. No, no, it really is, honestly. (laughs) And um, yeah, no, I put it as as far away as I could, but you might hear like a faint hum. So Apologies for the hum, but you either deal with the hum or you deal with Stacey getting more and more erratic as my temperature rises and my panic levels increase. That's right, yes. (laughs) And you can stuff your sorries in a sack, Mr. (laughs) or Miss or... Person, person, whatever you are, stuff your sorries in a sack. Stuff your sorries in a sack. What does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? And that's a good one as well. Like right at the at the start of the episode, Jerry's. I wish off. you would stop saying, I stop saying that. that. But then, at, at like right at the end, it's revealed that Susan came up with it. Mm. It's like stuff your sorry. You know, Susan makes a cameo. Yeah, stuff your sorries in a sack, Mister. And that's where George gets. And it isn't from. it something that she's probably gotten from her parents probably. as well? So it's yeah. like handed all the way down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. an intergenerational saying <laughs> <laughs> to pass down in the Ross family. Yeah, <laughs> indeed. Uh, if you want to catch up with us, you know, any previous episodes. If you're a first time listener, saying you know, g'day, how you doing? If you've been with us since episode one or anything in between bidwillbusspodcast at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email we're on any get in touch yeah we're on any social media b-i-d-w-b-a-s-c and uh, subscribe and uh, review us wherever you get your podcasts we're everywhere basically aren't we Stace we're all over the we're all over the place yeah indeed yeah. like Stacey and I all over <laughs> the place indeed uh, so before we do get into the secondary characters of the betrayal who are by the way uh, going to be Pinter uh, also Peter according to Elaine uh, Nina and FDR uh, they're the characters I've got notes on today mm-hmm. uh, I've got one bit of Seinfeld news so uh, what do you reckon we'll kick off this episode shall we but I don't want to be a secondary character <laughs>
Jerry, I gotta tell you, I had the best time with that Nina last night. I, I think I'm in love with her already. You are a great friend. A great, great friend. <laughs> hey, hey, Kramer, what are you doing? You wanna borrow something? You wanna eat something? Come on in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You wanna go to India? I can't. I'm gonna drop dead. Great, Nina could go, huh? Jerry, this is great. You and Elaine, me and Nina. Hey, hey Kramer, wait up. I'll go with you. I'm going to Newman's. Great, I love Newman. Yeah, I, I don't know, Steve. I mean, what what podcast will we be doing? Yeah, yeah I, I want to do, I was thinking maybe like Seinfeld or The Simpsons. What were you thinking? Uh, yeah, I mean, both of those shows are great, and I have a lot to say about both, but there's so many podcasts that exist for both shows. Yeah. There's an Australian Simpsons, there's a couple of American ones for Seinfeld. There's already an, an American one for Simpsons, for The Simpsons that I've listened to. So, um, yeah, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, I, I'd be keen to do one, but maybe... Well, you know what I was thinking? You know how, like... Like the Soup Nazi, Banya, you know, all those characters. No one talks about them in Seinfeld. So you mean the, the less popular characters? We should yeah, focus like, on them or something? Yeah, like maybe do a podcast about them. I don't know. Well, what do you think? Okay. Yeah, that could work. I mean, would we just talk about them or the episode as well? Uh, probably episodes, I reckon. Like maybe we'll just get like an episode and maybe make it in random order to kind of make us stand out a little bit. And then we can just talk about all the secondaries in there. What do you think? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I think I think that's a good idea. Yeah, bit of a bit of a different take. Cool. All right. So, yeah, I'll come up with some ideas and uh, call you later. Yeah, cool. Sounds good. All right, man. See you later.